Mike and Armand Joe Queez, we the ones that you can depend on To bring the voices from the inside out Lock down, but they not locked out No filter over here Check what we be talking about Feet up in the trenches, bop While your own defenses Metal detector before you enter Shaky medical and see your stitches They be pushing their weight around Educate, didn't have the time to wait around Taking classes while they played around That's what we call staying down What we call staying down That's what we call staying down Mike, Queez Dang this bitch. 10K phone. 10K phone, man. Gang it, my-, my father was a factor. He was a real big key player in the streets once upon a time. And I had just made a post, you know, uh, me and him, a picture of me and him when I was a child. And I'm just seeing how people are responding like, oh, yeah, he always showed genuine love. You don't got dudes that just are taking care of people kind of People have motives when they do things, and that's what I see a lot now. When I saw some of the reactions, um, yeah, that wasn't really the kills. Like genuine, a genuine dude that did genuine things just out the goodness of their heart. I can't try to say that I think there's guys like that, but I don't think that the guys that are really having things like that financially and whatnot, I don't think that a lot of these guys that are having money and whatnot have the same mind state and have the same commit the the care for the community right. people out there around it's a lot different well we have to get the youth to understand that the difference between entertainment and real life you know what i'm saying for somebody like my nieces and nephews they hadn't seen me for a long time but the little things they seen of me was on youtube not understanding that that was just for a moment so when they see me in real life, you know, freshly out, they older now. So when I see them, they kind of just want money. You feel me? they like, what's up with the bag? Like, we want to see where the bag. And I'm like, look, I had the bag at that time, but uncle got bills. Uncle got this. Uncle got that. Like, this is real life, baby. So I have the pleasure of being here and um, spending this time with them. Like, I always do. I always pull up on the nieces and nephews because they are the future. But, like, we got to get them. Like, they're listening to the rappers. You feel me? And the rappers, like, I sometimes watch these dudes live and I'd be like, okay, I've been on for three minutes. He has 15,000 followers as soon as he came on. He had 15,000 viewers on his live at one time. And all he did was, the now this is where it matters, the message. You got their attention. Sometimes you got to do odd things to get the attention. But then once you get that attention, the message that you deliver is what matters. And these guys are just spreading money up their arms. They just like, this beef, that kill the ops, get this money. Like, this is your time when you got 15,000 people watching you to say something with some substance and to say something that matters. We, as real life people, like, I try to be out here. I try to, I'm, I be outside, bro. And I be pulling up to my partners with kids and I be pulling up to my sister house, nine, 10 kids over here. Like I'm pulling up to where the kids is at because I know that my family, me doing so much time in prison and being in Oregon, they had to fill the holes of who Uncle James was. And um, so they showed them YouTube videos. They showed them the face, but they showed them all the things that where we present ourselves the best. But right we have to deliver the message. Like, I'd be over here for real. Like, they be caring about the Gucci belts and all that. Man, that shit is gonna be nothing. They gotta cut that shit. Like, it means nothing. It's literally a material. And I told my niece, or I told my nephew, I was like, look, bro, you wanna put this $600 belt on, 
a pair of twenty dollar jeans and you gonna sag. Yeah, the math don't, it makes it no don't sense. add up. For what? Yeah. You just want some likes. When did you start doing shit for likes? You feel me? So and like we have to like we have to un- you for that. I'll say that's what folks is liking you for. That ain't real like or love. Mm-hmm. I'll yeah, say that's, that's what, what you got people liking you for. The- they're not putting the real out there. People's not putting the real out there. I think you made a post or somebody made a post like, how could a man get mad when he get a woman by flashing his money and get mad when she only want him for his money? And how could a woman get mad if she present herself as easy and then a man approach her and think she's easy? You can't get mad. So like, it's what we put out there, bro. We have to unbrainwash. Our kids are being brainwashed by these companies. They're only investing in the people that's doing the ratchet. Like, only the ratchet rappers is being seen. You feel me? That's for a reason, because they know that's who got the youth. They know that's who got the community. They know that's who got the lock on the streets. And they're not knowing, like, the owner of Warner Brothers or the owner of Atlantic Records is this white dude in a suit with gray hair and sitting back smoking cigars, getting his money off the back of real It's like off the back. It's like, it's the same as that thing. And I spoke upon systematic slavery with prison. That's also systematic slavery. You instantly become a slave when you get signed to a record deal, a 360 record deal, bro. You don't even know who the owns you. You don't even own your name. You feel me? Like, how do people get record deals? And at the end of their career, they're in debt. You're in yeah. debt. You were supposed to be with all them hit songs and number one records, but the youth doesn't notice. They only see the videos and they think that what they see on camera. And that's why it's my kids, she, we got to make sure I'm watching what she's watching on YouTube. I'm like, I got to lightweight coach her, you feel me? Like, and put the things on that I want her to see. And people are too, like, ah, my culture, bro, my people. People are too busy trying to be their kids' friends instead of being their kids' parents. You feel me? Like, quit. We dress our insecurities. We put our kids in Timbo's and these tight ass jeans and these belts and shit because what we never had. Oh, I never had that as a kid. And you should educate yourself for that and learn that you're not going to blow your money. Your kid's foot is going to grow in three weeks, in two weeks. You feel me? And that's true. You fucking bought them ain't going to mean nothing. Them kids don't care about that shit. It's the time you can spend. Presence is the best present. Quit trying to be your kids' friends and be their parent. Like, that shit irks me. No, absolutely. I see it. I see it all too often. You know, <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach. It's crazy. You see, you got to get a dose of me parenting. I'll be honest. Facts. We can play and smile and all that, but I'm daddy. So <laughs> if you out of line and shit ain't right, like my oldest, she just got done sending me her report card yesterday. You feel me? A's and B's, stretching your eyes back, nothing less. But she happy for you to you see know? that. She happy for you to see that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, speaking on parenting a little bit, how is it for you now? How, is it different from before you fail, like, going through? Because it's, it's traumatic for a kid. You know, you got your kids are, are teenage right now which means they were just a little bit younger. It's traumatic for them to have dad because you are a present dad. You are a, you know, I don't know where your mom at, but all the kids is with me, you know, and I've been able to be yeah. with you in those times. And it's an honor, you know, I've been able to be with you in those times to see you in real dad mode. But like, how is it parenting for you after, you know, going through being incarcerated and having to be a parent in there and, you know, the kind of the ups and downs you have with your kids or the mishaps you have with your kids that you got to, you know, or had to get back in check once you was released? It's different from prior to me leaving. My word was law, period. Um, With the lack of my presence and some of my children more than others, the lack of my presence has affected them because uh, you can look at, say, my uh, three-year-old, my eight-year-old, and my seven-year-old. Well, he's about to be seven. They didn't get to get as much 
14 year old did. She mm. was all you you were there. She was coming in and out. She was coming to some them visits. Her siblings weren't able to have that access. It was Absolutely. a little different. She stayed with moms. So uh it's it ain't what a, a, a mom always want, but uh it's a progress. It's a it's a progress taking it's a little progress taking place. You know, progressively slow but show, you know, bit by bit. I'm just, you know, working on getting my footing, being able to get back in position. I don't want to be exactly where I was prior to leaving, but I'm trying to get back to where I was, yeah. you know? But you so, know, like, you can't compare with who you was before you fell because time has changed and you're not doing any of the things you was doing before you fell. You know, the risk factor is higher because, you know, we all know once you got one conviction, you're a walking conviction. Like, they're going to, if you go to court, they're going to get you. That's just how it's going, unless you got the money to buy the case. So, like, you just, brother, because I struggle with that. And um, last time I paroled in 2016, I struggled with that so much that I was back in jail. You know, I got out February, was back in jail in April. Because I just, I got to get back, bro. I was, before I felt I was riding in this, I was, you know, and I feel like that, Um, go back to what I know best. That's kind of the right hand to go back to what I know best, which is most definitely a recipe for failure for us. Because what we go back to what we know best is most definitely criminal. You know what I'm saying? And just whatever the case may be, we it puts us in a criminal, which is fight or flight, actually. And it's us choosing fight. But it's like what we know is criminal because we are existence is criminal if you leave it to the system. I, Trevor Nova wrote a book called um, Born to Sin. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of feel like that, like, once you get convicted, bro, like, you are a walking, no matter what you do, you are it. You guilty till proven innocent. I think we had an episode before about, um, and I spoke on fighting your reputation. You will be in battle with your reputation. You will be in battle with who you once was, but you made it to who you are right now, to be who you are right now, not to be who you was. But that is a battle because every time, and it can also mentally, for the people listening, that can cause depression. That's where depression comes from. Depression comes from when you're not in a place that you think you should be in, a lack of self. So you would literally fall into a state of depression, thinking about where you was before you fell, the things you had before you fell, and trying to, and it's a race for you to get back there. Psychologically, you know, it could hurt you mentally. You know what I'm saying? So just from somebody who's been there, bro, like, don't you, that's a battle, bro. You would never, no matter where you go, you're going to always be in battle with, and it makes you rush. And once you rush, you slip. You know what I'm saying? And we don't have the privilege to slip up. So just don't no. don't even think about that shit, bro. Straight up, straight up. Yeah, um, you know, versus this me versus oh boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he uh I definitely, you know, I've shown you. We we've had our little videos where we we talking back and forth, chatting. I'm like, bruh, yeah, I got this. You like, what is this? Bro, that's a brick of what? What is? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro, that's a five pound brick of shea butter right there, bro. I'm like, I'm, absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm really trapping my skills. You know what I mean? And what is it called? Uh, being able to uh, transitional skills. You feel me? Being able to, uh, you know what I mean? When it came to the dark side of life and just applying those skills to something else that I'm good at. You feel absolutely. me? You know, like I got. Low-key, I got to whip up tonight because I got a sale for tomorrow. You feel me? I got to make sure that it's at the beauty salon tomorrow. <laughs> you did? I heard shout out to Fabi. He said, uh, get you a deadline. He said, man, you got to have your deadline because if you got you a deadline, that means you got you something to do in life. Like, get you a deadline, whatever it may be. But just to like, what I was going to say on top of that, it felt good because we often speak on 
not introducing brothers to good things. Like usually when we hit the homies, it's about riding on somebody or it's about, man, this done put me out, come get me. Or, you know, like it's never, or it's you trying to get him to, we finna go ride on somebody. But, you know, when you tell a brother, like, hey man, let's go, man, I'm finna go sign up for college, bro. Like, you feel me? Go sign up for college. We don't do that. Or, hey, I got this business plan, bro. Like again, it's, self, it's like competition. So like for me to, for you to hit me in, in FaceTime, and you like, yeah, bro, I got the, the pack came in, bro. Like, I'm like, oh, sh- I said the pack came in. That it was your hair products. That was such a beautiful thing and a beautiful moment for me because it showed that, you know, we had conversations about running to that bag and just kind of, you know, knocking anything down that's in our way. And we able to keep each other from making the wrong moves. So to see you stay down and like never resort back to that and just, you know, your pack really was your hair supplies. Like, it was a beautiful moment for me, bro. Like, real life. <laughs> Definitely trying to figure it all out. Like I said, man, it's all about just getting your footing out here. I got solid brothers like you. I got another little brother. I got solid little cousin. I got a lady that's really strong and stand up to be behind me and pushing me in the right direction. Because, you know, I don't mind expressing to the people that I fuck with. I don't mind being like, well, bro, you know, I'm thinking about uh, going and getting packaged and getting things in effect. And it's like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But is that what you really want to do? Because you know what the risk is that come with that. You know, that's why, you know, I want to thank you just for being solid enough to, like you told me, you ain't going to tell me what I want to hear. You feel me? So I do want to let you know I appreciate that off the dribble. You feel me? Absolutely. Like solid and I just seen that because, you know, the conversations we had, you didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. When I tried to get you to kind of coach my way, you like, nah, bro. <laughs> you know, and you got to be able to accept those things before <laughs> I, I wasn't able to accept those things. You feel me? Like we all ask for this solid friend, this person who's going to keep it real with us, be honest with us and all the qualities we look for in a friend. But we wasn't truly willing to accept that person in our life. That's why we never found them. And as soon as you're willing to accept those things, we locked in, bro. Like, you already know what it is with us, bro, from, like, kids, like, real family type shit. Like, you feel me? Your mama house, like, I really was in, in the town eating your mama house. You feel me? Like, and for people like us that where we come from, breaking yeah. the most important thing you could do, money. I, you feel me? Money don't mean nothing. Money's evil. Like, for us to sit down and break bread together, like, I ain't gonna eat with a motherfucker I don't respect or I don't like. I don't care where you put me. And that's why in prison, it's the same way. Like, we gonna have our own table because this is our people. We breaking bread at this time. So I salute, bro. You my brother like a motherfucker. already know that. Hashtag. I was thinking, too, um, because at some point, this will be on some sort of radio waves. Like, what's your business? And, like, if you're a listener, how how can someone hook you up? What you got? What's going on? Plug. What you plugging over here? <laughs> I got a... A hair and skincare line called Divine Vines. And that's what a majority of my energy is into right now. Also have the clothing line. And, you know, that means a lot to me just because of the awareness within the name and the logo that I wanted to spark. And the clothing line is called uh, Ebony Economic Renaissance. It's really, you know, yeah, follow the Insta. You know, it's under construction right now. But, yeah, definitely tune in. Why don't you, yeah, break it down for us like, Get a, you know, the part that's not the secret recipe hit us so we can be hype on it. Well, it's uh, all natural. It's not like no no peanut allergies and stuff like that. So you ain't got to worry about it. You know, it's real natural shit that you put this on your skin. Most likely, 
It's going to be the thing that you want to come back to. I got hair products because with the skincare line, what it does is it uh, lightens dark spots on your pigmentation. Mm-hmm. So you got dark spots from popping a pimple or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. It helps. It doesn't lighten your natural skin tone, but it lightens the dark spots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The hair care line, Quizzo, I didn't know about it. He tuned in. Uh, that definitely, it helps moisturize your hair keep your scalp nice and hydrated. It helps strengthen it and it helps it grow faster. Facts. I use so, that right after This is awesome. Better. Yeah. Yeah, so I was going to say this. You just need your hair a little damp, you feel me? And then you hit it with just a cup course of the juice and I'm telling you, you're going to be good, man. It's going to stick in there. Yeah, you're going to be good. Yeah, and that's some the whole little formula. I stumbled upon it. You know, I may have told you while we was locked up, like, I was doing dread like I was modeling beads. This ain't my first set of dreads, of course, because this is short. But uh, <laughs> you know, I was my mo- I was doing bead modeling for this lady who made beads and whatnot, and what used to tie my hair off with one of my dreads, and it started. Mm-hmm. So when I come to do a shoot for her, I'm like, "Well, uh, check this out. My hair starting to thin. The one I'm tying." My whole hair up with the one dread that I'm using is getting hella thin. If it fall out, I'm gonna cut my hair. You're gonna have to find somebody else. Mm-hmm. She told me I'm I'm gonna give you you know, see, and if you pay close attention, you'll see that this is the second uh, ingredient <laughs> that I've mentioned on here. But she told me that castor oil yep. helps your hair and bring back the fo- the hair up out of the follicles. I started using that. And then I eventually started whipping it up with something else and this, that, and the third. And here we have it. We got Divine Vines hair and skincare product, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? So uh, y'all stay tuned, man. I'm trying to make moves. Black-owned businesses. My brother, he got his uh, clothing line. You know, too real to be famous. Go ahead and get in that ear. Let them know about that. Oh, they know it's the Misfit, man. Misfit, Adi. Mr. Too Real to be famous. We got the, actually, we got the new shirts coming in. You know, uh, learn the truth like Malcolm, they want you dead. You know, just bringing awareness. Again, it's just about educating. At first, you know, for me, Too Real to be famous really was like, it had nothing to do with rap. It had nothing to do with, it really was like attention. You know, the attention seekers. You know, with social media, everybody's famous in their own right, or they do whatever it takes to seem as if. And um, I'm like, I just, my family business, my friends, like, I'm just not a person that's going to go to social media with, you know, family business or anything like that. Or, you know, I'm not a, a seeker of, int- of attention. So that's where the two is too real. Like it's real life situations going on. We really dealing with deaths. We really dealing with incarcerated people. We really dealing with the bottom feeders, what they would call us. You send me the low laws. So it's like a representation of that. Like we just too real. You know, back in the day when it was time of the realness, you didn't have cameras out. You know, you didn't pull cameras out when you came to the trap house. You didn't pull cameras out when you came to the hood. Like, you know, it's really things going on that can't be televised. So it's just it's a representation of just, you know, we really in tune with the streets, we really in tune with the trenches. We really in tune with the guys that, you know, the world throws away pretty much. But we got to, you know, learn the truth like Malcolm, they want you dead. You know, they don't want us to be educated. That's mostly just educate, you feel me? Um, it was the best thing I could do. And it's crazy because, you know, I was ignorant. And then when I went to prison and I was around some educated brothers and they would talk and I wouldn't know what they was talking about, you feel me? And then the way that it made me feel inside, I'm like, damn, am I the dumbest in the circle? Like, everybody know when to laugh and everybody know what's going on, but I just really didn't know. So, you know, I, I had to go back and the first book I read was A Thousand and One Things You Should Know About African-Americans. And uh, it's just about, like, you know, Muhammad Ali, 
Rosa Parks, Martin. It's just about, it's all their stories in a summary. You know what I'm saying? Just like the accomplishments and the things that they did. And then it'll give you the book that you could go and get they, you know, wherever they book is that or whatever writings they had or you feel me, it, it, it lets you know where to go. So, you know, I just had to, I had to go back and, and educate. So everything I'm pushing right now is just about educating. And I had to go struck some songs because I was speaking on things that I really didn't represent no more. You know what I'm saying? Or things that I didn't want to seem like I was broadcasting or like, um, you know, so like I had to go and read. Glorifying. Glorifying. So I had to go restructure some songs and, and I'm new to this lifestyle, to this way of living. It's taking me a little bit longer to really, you know, put together. And um, I had to make a choice. Like, is, is community work, is being here, being in the trenches, being like, that's take that take up a lot of time, just like being in the studio. You know what I'm saying? Just promotion, songs. Like, I'm, I'm in the trenches right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm in the trenches right now just because, you know, some of the youth, they needed me. Like I said, my nieces and nephews. And so it's bigger than the internet. It's bigger than a like. It's bigger than getting followers. You know what I'm saying? Because we got little people following us. So I'm just really in tune with where I'm at right now spiritually. And I'm just in tune with where I'm at right now. Um, being a teacher and a student, because I'm learning. But at the same time, uh, it's so many that I'm teaching and that I know is looking up. So, you know, I'm just going to continue to just keep teaching, man, and, and being here. Queez, you know, I'm actually really glad to hear what you said and how you're thinking about your music, because I feel like it was during, I want to say during some era of our estrangement, the last song you released was explicit. <laughs> uh, and it's interesting though. I remember the freestyle you did on, on our episode one was like what I think, like what we want to hear at least during this conversation. But I think even like, almost that, you know, hip-hop superhero that the world needs right now, RIP MF Doom. But, you know, like, I think that is almost even, at least there's a market in a way where, like, could be equally or more explosive in, like, hitting the market. But as we've kind of been saying in this episode, there's so much incentivization and the market is designed to support and proliferate a certain thing. And that's what kids want to listen to. Um, and like, it's so interesting when we were talking about it before, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in the future, but I always think about toy guns. Like, I don't even know why. I mean, I do know, but it's maddening that it seems like this casually overlooked thing. So that's interesting too. But I, I all, when you were all talking about hair, I'm, then this is for BG since you're local. I just started working on a project specifically about like the identity around like a black man's hair. And it's kind of like a photo project. I'm working with a friend and collaborator, uh, Gabe Williams, and he's like documenting his hair and I'm going to put it in this like sculpture piece. So I just wanted to plant that seed to let you know, I'm going to try to get you a, get like a little fashion model shoot situation going on. Maybe you can even use it in some of your branding or whatever later, but just wanted to plant that seed. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and BG, I also yeah, man. you have that um a clothing line and you were talking about it, you know, community, all that stuff, but I'm only guessing at it. You wanna lay that out for us a little bit more? Yeah, uh the the name in its own, you know, is kind of to try to spark awareness. And I think with some of the designs that I'm going to be doing, there are going to be some things to try to spark awareness about our economic status. I know uh, if you pay attention to any, say like the Black Friday, how they were doing the blackouts 
Like, don't participate in purchasing during Black Friday so we can show them what our what our status is here in America and how much we do contribute. Okay. You right. know, um, being able to kind of shed light on things of that sort, you know, the the black, what is it, the black Wall Streets, you know, trying mm-hmm. to be able to open people's eyes, being able to see that we once upon a time we had car, we had a black owned car manufacturing company, you know, here in America. You know, this ain't nothing that is more, it's not older than a hundred years ago. You feel me? We definitely were thriving at one point and we still can. It's all about the camaraderie. We got to be able to unify the ebony economic renaissance, you know, the clothing line, you know, is rebirthing or symbolically letting folks know that we can rebirth that economic stature that we once had, you know? Um, This is one thing I say about all the things that I lost since I was incarcerated. You know, I don't sweat it because anything that I had once, I know I can get it again. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at everything in life. So us as a people, anything that we have had, you know, anything, the bus companies, the train companies, we got to be woke, you know, as far as the Marcus Garvey's, you know, we've, we've had, you know, we definitely, we've had big ship companies and whatnot, you know, so the clothing line is a big part of me liking fashion, but it's something bigger you know, it's a bigger picture to it at the end of the day. I want people to be able to understand that we are a powerful people and we can resurrect our old ways because this new shit that we doing, we're consumers and we're consumers to all the motherfuckers that ain't fucking with us. Mm-hmm. You know, Gucci, all this old crazy shit. Like you'll see the Cats is wearing Tommy Hilfiger dumb tough right now. And I can't cap like I don't got a couple of Hilfiger uh, items. But, you know, back in the 90s, early thousands, Hilfiger has some shit to say about black people wearing his stuff. You feel mm-hmm. me? So we need to just start to be the thinkers that we come from. And we just need to start putting our thinking hat on and getting to it. Just to piggyback off of that, people always ask me why I got rid of, like when I first came home, I was just getting rid of Jordans and shit. And um, when I was down, I was like, you know, I was doing research and I was trying to find Jordan at any Black Lives Matter speech, march, Black Lives, anything, really, I just, anything that support, you know, his community. And I couldn't find anything. And I had people looking on different websites, looking like, and I just really couldn't find nothing with Jordan supporting us. But what I did come across was an older interview when Shaq put his shoe in Walmart in Payless. And uh, they asked Jordan what he thought about that. He said, because uh, Shaq said his reasoning for that was he wanted his shoe to be affordable to the low-income community. He took it, you know, Shaq's used to be 180, just like Jordan's. And yeah. he took his own shoe out of there and put his shoes in Payless and put his shoes in Walmart. And that was his reasoning. So when they asked Jordan, he said, uh, well, you know, his reasoning was so that the low-income community could afford his shoes. My shoes ain't for them. He's like, I never made my shoes for them. And when I seen that interview, bro, I was I felt so disappointed. I'm like, damn, Cuddy, like the black community, we literally will go broke, bro. Like our entire paycheck, we already spent it. Like, oh yeah, on Saturday when them threes come out, I need them, Cuddy. This whole week of work, nigga, I'm finna them going on them threes. And then he just makes yeah, the nigga, same. Yeah, be in line waiting for them things, and he don't even Facts. care about your. Facts. And then don't even know he really don't even own his shoe. Like he own a percentage of it, but like it's a lot of different people. 
that you know bigger corporations that have their hands in his shoes. So he's not I like was, when you had said something earlier. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was gonna piggyback on it, and I was gonna say, bro, like Jordan doesn't own his name. Nike owns Jordan's name. Yep. I'm like it's two K. When I get endorsements, I go to Nike because you still get the Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> It took, but no, yeah, so like, the first time that he spoke up about us as a, a community, as a people, was when George Floyd died. Mm. So, just last year, all this shit that's been happening, you ain't had nothing to say. You had a closed mouth. It's incarceration. We, we mentally enslaved, Cuddy. Well, not us, but we, again, mentally enslaved to brands. And this is something else that I talk about. And also, you got to unlearn. I realized, like, you know, one of my partners, he came outside one day. I went to go pick him up, and he came outside. I was like, boy, them jeans stupid than a motherfucker. Like, you know, but I'm just with him. I'm going to say something anytime I see you. I'm going to gash your ass, right? But he really was ready to go take his jeans off, bro. He was ready to go change. And it me up because I was like, nah, bro. Like, bro, I'm with you. Like, you put them on. Like, you bought them, bro, and put them on because you thought them was tight. But just because you thought that I didn't think they was tight, you was going to go take them off. Like, we can't be bullied out of not wearing what we want to wear, or we can't be bullied out of, from our community, or from our culture. You feel me? We mentally enslave ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So, like, again, we just got to unlearn, like, be yourself, bro. Like, if you like something, if something's nice or tight to you, you got to dare to be different, bro. You got to, and again, that's where my name comes from, Misfit. If I like something, I'm going to wear it. If it's snow boots in the summer, I'm going to put them up as long as they fit how I want them to fit. And, like... Can't nobody tell me about <laughs> right. like, my swag is different, and but our people, bro, our culture, our culture is just like the toxic masculinity in it. But it's not even necessarily toxic masculinity no more as much as it is. Everybody wants to be. A, it seems like everybody wants to be somebody else. A it's a time to, to, you know, a masquerade. You could just put a mask on and be anything. And I said with social media, social media is just like prison. You could be anybody. Like on social media, you could be anybody. You meet somebody incarcerated, literally. You don't know besides the stories they tell you. Literally, they could be anybody, bro. And then I see people say, social media makes me so mad. Social media, but you're buying into and you're believing everything you're reading on here. Like, do research, bro. Like, look at all her pictures. If she don't look the same in all her pictures, then that's probably not her, honey. <laughs> Straight up. Timeline, you feel me? But, like, it's just, it's crazy, bro. I just, it's mental enslavement. I don't, I, it's just the mental enslavement that I see in our people, bro. And I just be like, damn, we have to unlearn those ways, bro, and those things because, like, we'll never shop with each other. Like, I'm gonna go to the white dude, this shit gotta be better. You feel me? Yeah. You and him could be selling the same thing. But mentally, I just, like, cameraman, just being in music, I remember bringing black cameramen around and it's like, bro, is he cool though? Bro, he better not, bro, is he cool? But then you bring a, a white or Asian or any other, um, in the other race, and it's like, oh, bro, we got the dude, bro. Like, we got the white boy. He gonna shoot the video. Like, you don't, you never even seen this work before. You feel me? Like, again, that's a form of self hate, bro. And I just keep bringing that up because I really just need our people to be aware that you know the people that we're hating on is the people that look just like us. If you look in the mirror, take all that makeup off, and take those filters off, you know, you look like that other person that you hating on for real. Yeah, yeah. All, everything y'all are saying is real interesting. I was just teaching at a high school and. Even I'm in my own intellectual renaissance studying different Afro-contemporary artists and stuff and was looking at some of Gordon Park's work and came up again, that old study 
that they did with the young kids, black kids, they would give them like a, a black baby doll and a white baby doll. And they'd be like, oh, one. And, you know, beautiful. Which one's more pretty? Right. Yeah, it's it's wild. And, you know, I mean, I do a lot of work in a lot of places, but I'm, I'm getting ready to facilitate like a conversation. But I think what I was going to say earlier when y'all were talking, well, I guess there's two things. One is like this platform is like for us. You know what I mean? Like in a certain context, it's for y'all. But also as I build it and think about it for myself is that like really the primary population affected by incarceration is black men. And Mm -hmm. so, and both trying to use this space as a liberatory space in this way that it is right now, but also leverage it hopefully as a lever to kind of like put it in the system and kind of like break off some chunks to help us out. But also as far as y'all businesses go, like BG ones, if you're trying to launch something, you know, like come back to the show, we'll be able to hype you up. But the other thing that I was going to say, and at least for me, feels exciting. I I wonder whether it feels that way for you all. The heroes that we want to see are you guys, you know what I mean? Like, you talk the talk, you walk the walk, that you play the part of community savior hero guy. You know, you could be rapping, but like you're not. You're doing the stuff, you're doing the work, you're parenting your children, you're building the community. And so those are the superheroes I'm trying to be cheering on. So I just want to like even on the platform and then just say this platform continues to be here for y'all, but I'm really excited in your excited for your work, but in my own work, and it's kind of like just getting chugging along, probably at least if you're a listener or you all listening to me now, it takes a lot to figure out how to support black businesses because of the way that they exist or what kind of like access they have. But I am, have been transitioning my monies into black businesses, but I'm also trying to build some platforms specifically to support black businesses. So But, you know, I'm really excited that, and for whoever's listening, these dudes just got out here. You know what I mean? Like, not only is it a renaissance of the self, but it's less than a year on the street again, and is a rebuilding the self and re-engineering both how to live in the world, but also like how to feed your family. So um, again, just big up to everything that y'all have accomplished in this short period of kind of getting back into your own lives and in your family's lives. Right on, like, right on. We appreciate that. Definitely. The way you handled yourself in there and the way you handled with handled us, you made it like business. Like you made me feel like when we were doing projects, like it felt like I it was business. Like it was right. like, all right, you don't have that to all this shit, but I'm making sure you have the shit you need. Get this shit done. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. And to be able to be in a class like that where some of the projects was team projects where we had to come together and do things, you know, in a group. And um, it, those are certain things that teaches camaraderie and trust and belief and, you know, different things where you got to involve other people. And we and but being in there transitioning on our way home and having a, a group like we had and then having Mike, having somebody like you come in there and like you, it wasn't like, oh, OK, I'm going to be light with you guys because y'all in here it was like nah here go this shit. get this shit done like let's go we finna we doing something it helped me transition when I came home to be used to that language to be used to the emotion that come with being part of group projects or even just being part of projects in that work mm-hmm. and uh you know so I just want to thank you for like I said being one of the solid ones because the ones we could depend on in there 
it was certain groups and it was certain people that was like, they just, it's hella cars. Just, I don't know who they is pulling up right there. But to have somebody we could depend on, like we knew Mike was going to be there. And the times you wasn't going to be there, you made sure, you know, the whatever days prior that we had everything for you to miss that week. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it made me believe that, you know, there is still good people and people that believe in us for no profit for themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, this is genuinely, like, for the guys. Like, I'm, you know, you did a lot of the, the labor work for us to get a lot of that shit done. So, you know, also to just give you all roses while you're here, too, on this platform. Like, it was heavy because you had a lot of different projects with a lot of different personalities, with a lot of child men, men child, you know, people. <laughs> Entitlement, because that's what comes yeah. with it. Like entitlement, um, we feel like people owe us every, and we could for, we could mistake somebody blessing us with opportunity for somebody owing us. You know what I'm saying? So we got to be conscious that when somebody's blessing us with opportunity and doing something with us, like we can't get too entitled. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. you just taught us business. You taught us business. You taught you know doing them podcasts or doing them interviews in there the content that's in bondage right now, that was real work because I had to do research on who the person was. I had to know what classes they did, what they was a student in or, you know, what work they did. And and it was at a perfect time because it was right before I was coming home. So it had me in that mindset and I stayed in that mindset. So I just want to salute you for that. And thank you for all the projects that I was blessed to work with you on, including this one. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think it's like a brilliant reciprocal relationship. Go ahead, BG. No, yeah, I was just piggybacking on that. Like, I really appreciate the people that were, you know, the Lib Lits, you know, you guys, the arts and social, you know, being able to take us up out of there. Because mm-hmm. when I was at EO, it was funny. One of my counselors was like, oh, my goodness, you were doing a lot of programming over there in the Valley. Yeah, it was something to do. Stay busy. You know, keep my head out of all the bullshit that's going on around here and out there. You feel me? But he was just baffled, like, oh, my God, you're doing so much program. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> good to be able to community in that situation. So I want to let you know that uh, it meant a lot. This is not even just me and Queez letting you know. I'm letting you know for everybody whose life you impacted while you were coming into prison. You feel me? Folks, is grateful, whether or not yeah. you've heard it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that a lot. And it's interesting because... Even being in there, the time is so finite. Like, I'm in there for like an hour or two, you know, a couple hours actually, but like, there's a lot of guys. You can only have certain kind of conversations. Um, <laughs> most of our conversations was in a hallway. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And I was actually going to say, too, you know, something I was thinking about as we got on here was even, again, it's interesting to have BG be a first guest. But it's, you know, the programming that we vaguely have referenced in the past or how I kind of was there did not have, it was not predominantly or even equally um, serving a black community. And that was not because it was prohibitive. However, I'm like equal parts kind of curious, both like what it felt like to be participating or, or why it was maybe not so highly trafficked in that way. But also I want to set the intention on the air that the work I'm doing hopefully is just somewhere closer to the start of and I would like to, you know, and, and I just, I just saw, I was like skulking around on Facebook. I just saw Irvin Hines is on the streets again, made next mayor of Portland, Irvin Hines and uh, <laughs> mayor of Portland, one might say uh, certain parts of it, but yeah, like I'm really, I think there's a couple, like I'm already working with the kids and I like, as we were sitting here, I was like, oh man, I got to get these guys in with the kids. But, you know, I think 
I'm also kind of like working with the guys on the outside, which I would love to kind of strategize around, but ultimately also want to try to send something back inside. You know, I'm talking to some dudes and we're doing some stuff on the inside, but I don't think it's making it into as I understand the colloquial language around the blacks on the inside. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out, yeah, like how to support that community was something that's really going to open up their eyes. And I don't know that the answer exists as we're sitting here. And in some ways, I think the answer is the conversation that we're having. I just wanted to like serve that up, you know, face forward and see what y'all have to say about it. Well, mostly I'm going to say like routine, stepping outside the norm. Like, mm-hmm. if you notice, a lot of guys was, was interested. They mm-hmm. would stop by. They would come in tippy-toe. Right. But because so many others wasn't, they was like, all right, I'm going to yeah. come up in here, though, because, like, I see y'all. But, you know, the homies is on the yard, and I don't want to get called, whatever. Step outside of the norm. You got to go against the masses, go against the grain. But, um, as, like I said, sometimes you never know. Like, when I see education or when I was seeking change, like, I did it quietly. Mm-hmm. I kind of just listen to certain people talk or I kind of place myself around certain people, but I was studying and I was observing quietly. So having this conversation, being able to get this on this type of platform and put it out and, you know, get it on, on all the different streams, you never know who you're going to be able to reach. Some people, they find they change and they find they growth and they in this quiet because they scared of, you know, the reaction of the masses. But when you can find a platform like a podcast, like 10 Can Phone, where they keeping it real, and there's somebody who understand and feel like, and they like, oh, I feel him. It'll help people feel more strongly about, right. you know, taking that stand. So it's just, you know, it's just you, it's nothing that the organization could do or that, that it was arts and social. It was just more people not willing to to step outside their routine because, you For know, sure. what is he going to think or what is he going to think or why is he in a class when we could be on the yard talking shit? Yeah, you know me. Honestly, you know, I wasn't even a part of Arts and Social. Mm. I, I'm just showing up. I'm pulling up on y'all. I'm tuning in. <laughs> right. Period. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, we didn't dealt with sitting out there on the bench outside of the class, the CEOs walking by looking. Like, uh, well, yeah, you, <laughs> we're handling yeah, That's funny, bro. You feel right. me? So, um, a lot of dudes, like what Queez was saying, bro, like a lot of people worry about what the next person thinks. I've never really even been that kind of guy in all of my life. Always, I've been an only child and all that. So uh, just the tuning in, if I think that it's something that's going to benefit me mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever it may be, that's what I'm going to do, mm-hmm. you know, because I, not because Queez isn't doing it, not because Mike is doing it and he's a resource, none of that. Um, it's an opportunity for growth, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I saw it as and Every time that I linked up with you guys, you know, it was some of benefit. I've been in that class, even days when you weren't present, you may have left early, whatever it may be. So a resource that I ended up meeting while I'm out here and I got the contact information to this very day. Like, you right. know, you know, so uh, if this is something that is able to reach the institution, uh, y'all just got to be able to, I'm, me speaking to them, y'all mm-hmm. got to be able to step outside of y'all insecurities or y'all worrying about what the next person got to think or got to say like that's lame especially when it comes to your growth as an individual ain't nobody gonna grow you but you right that's like yeah good the whole thing has been good wisdom and is even a great to contextualization both all listeners listeners who are not thinking about this but even for us as a frame that the goal is that this 
the metaphor of the tin can phone is this archaic object that allows communication to transpire. And so we're in the inside out paradigm. We're kind of getting the scoop from the inside and getting it out, but also kind of like scooping it in. You know, once we're able to hit the cable airwaves, guys on the inside is going to be able to be able to hear this. So, you know, even, yeah, we, I love that you're addressing them on the inside. We're doing this for you, with you, talking about you, to you. And, um, you know, I'm glad we're able to like get wisdom again, through, through the fence, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, I'll say I think we are um, budding up on our structured time, more or less, which is a beautiful thing. We're going to chop this sucker in half or something, but we got a lot of some great thoughts and really just a foundation. Again, BG was started behind the scenes, and now we star of the show. I might be reporting to you soon, this entrepreneur guy over here. Um, <laughs> But hopefully this is just the first time we got you on here, not the last. No, not at all. Not at all. You're going to see me again, Mike. You already know. I love it. Quiz, any final thoughts? Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Hey, man, you already know me, man. I don't mean to be a preacher or nothing, but you got to release your development. The time. Yeah, you got to release your development, man. You know, you got to unlearn. In order for you to learn new, you got to unlearn the things that you have once learned. You already know we snakes. You know what I'm saying? We shed and then we grow, so... Um, give yourself that space to, sh- you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to leave the old you behind. Um, you work hard to become the new you. Don't just make a post. Don't just be on social media with it. You feel me? The things you post, stand behind it. You know what I'm saying? And really put in the work, you know? If you put in, you are going to gravitate to you. And those that aren't, they're not. You know what I'm saying? So it's safer to be yourself. If you present yourself as something else, you're going to attract the wrong crowd and you're going to find a- find yourself in the wrong situation. So, you know, Misfit, Adi, man, we love you. Take can fall from the inside out. I love it. Well... <laughs> Um, thanks for listening again. We'll be back soon. Uh, I was gonna say, please close us out, but that was kind of a closer. Um, yeah, yeah, appreciate y'all. You are listening to the Tin Can Phone podcast, where you can hear about the influence incarceration has straight from the source. We tell the story from the inside out. So make sure to check us out on KBU Community Radio every first Tuesday at 10 a.m. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you catch your podcasts. And make sure to give us a follow over at TinCanPhonePodcast.com. See you next time.